this. I hope, hope uh, you're digging into the prophets. That's where we are. Uh, we're going to be talking about them for a little while. And uh, I know they can be confusing too sometimes, some of the stuff that, that's happening. And so we're going to just kind of digest some of that today and talk, talk about that a little bit. So uh, let's pray. God, uh, we're, we're about to get into your word, Lord. And um, God, we thank you for the prophets. God, thank you for the, uh, for the callback to holiness that they they brought to the people so often, God, for the vision of things to come, Lord, uh, the hope that they brought, and uh, God, thank you for the messages that you delivered in them, Lord, uh, just with incredible accuracy, because you, you know everything, God, um, and so I hope, I hope that brings us hope, God, I hope it encourages us um, again and reminds us just that you have a plan, and it is being played out, and, and they're there will be a day uh, when Jesus comes back, God. And so help, help us to stay faithful, to finish the race that you've given us, God, and uh, to live that life worthy of the calling of Jesus Christ. So just uh, speak to us this morning through your word, God, and, and just be with us and lead us uh, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So very thankful to be on the journey, uh, this journey uh, through the Word of God. And, and again, I, I really hope uh, you're reading along with us. Uh, just, you know, I, was, I did a revival this week over at Ephesus. And, you know, it's, it's one of the things uh, I was talking about. Like it's, you know, when Jesus, and I probably mentioned it here before, but when Jesus was on the road to Emmaus after, after he um, uh, showed back up on the scene after he resurrected and uh, he was walking with a couple of his disciples, and, you know, what, what did he tell them? Well, he, he went back to the Old Testament and really broke down all the scriptures uh, about how it pointed to him. So uh, as much as we're living life in the New Covenant, yay, um, love to be on this side of the cross, the Old Testament is very, very important because it absolutely uh, points to Jesus. And so if you want to understand and know Jesus more, you got to... Know and understand the, the Old Testament, um, I believe. So, uh, so anyway, uh, we're, we've been reading through the prophets. We hit on Amos and Micah and, and Isaiah uh, this last week. And we're going we're gonna to be dealing with Isaiah for, for, for a little while. Uh, we got homecoming next week, and, and John's going to do something a little different. But uh, then we'll jump back in uh, to, uh, to Isaiah. But uh, Isaiah, uh, just uh, literal, I'm not even going to try to say that word right. It's a literary masterpiece, uh, and, and that's scholars of religious and non-religious, uh, like just a brilliant writing um, from Isaiah. Uh, he was a prophet for a really long time. You know, we got some prophets that kind of show up in the middle of a regime or a king, you know, and they say a few things, and then they fall off the scene. But he was there through several, through several of the kings. I mean, he, he made it a long time and uh, had, had a lot to say. You know, and he was, he was from Jerusalem. He was speaking to his own people. Micah, also from Jerusalem, uh, speaking to his own people in the northern kingdom. Remember, we've talked about how the kingdom's been divided. And Amos, now he was a southern boy like us. Uh, he was from the south, and he got sent to those sophisticated northerners um, to, to give them a word from the southern boys. And uh, so that's kind of the breakdown. And, and so, you know, Isaiah got to see the fall of Israel, the ravaging of Judah by the Assyrians. And uh, he told them about the captivity that was coming and the end of the captivity and talked about the return um, and Jesus coming and, and coming back. And, and uh, he, Isaiah, more about Jesus than any other prophet 
And again, with just extreme accuracy and detail, it's, it's really, it's, it's amazing and beautiful um, the way God uh, spoke to him and, and delivered that uh, message from him. And so that's, that's what a prophet is. It's a messenger of God. And they come across intense, man. I, uh, if you're reading through there, almost angry, you know, sometimes like uh, there's just this intensity to them. And rightly so, you know, they're, um, most of the time they're calling people back, you know, who have, who have wandered away and they're sinning and they're, they're living in the darkness and, and they're calling them back. So there's some intensity to that. But today, um, I want to, I really want to encourage you today. Uh, I know, you know, again, and, and if we look just throughout history, we can see some pr- pretty horrific things that have gone on in the world. And maybe we're not there, obviously, uh, you know, when you think of the Holocaust and stuff like that. Like, I know America hasn't entered in that. But for our time, for a lot of us, I mean, these are some of the darker days we've ever experienced, you know, just some of the stuff that have happened. And, and, uh, and so, you know, and, and we know, according to the Bible, things are going to spin more out of control and it's going to get tougher. And, and so, um, so, you know, we need some encouragement sometimes. And, and I, hope, I hope this just resonates with you today uh, as, we, as we dig into this. But uh, reading some prophets can be confusing, especially Isaiah, man. Isaiah, he, he's like... One in, in one sentence, he'll be talking about today and then the, what's coming and then the really what's coming and then he'll jump back today. And there, sometimes there's not always a defined like, OK, where did he go? I know they made some movies like that that just hop around on a timeline. And it's, it's sometimes it's hard to to follow that. And so maybe you've you've run into that been a little difficult, uh, but I, I don't think you're alone. I, I don't even think the prophets sometimes the way it reads fully understood everything that they were even speaking on God's behalf. Uh, I don't think they were privy to just every little thing. Uh, they just, hey, you need to go say this, and, and they uh, went and said it. So we're going to look at a couple of pictures to try to break this down a little easier. Photo. Pretty. Scene right here, at, and this is a picture of the Tennessee mountains. Kind of break down the picture. We have this little uh, tree line and this field in the forefront, and then kind of the second layer we have lake thing going on and then there's this other tree line on the other side of the lake and then we get into the ridge or the foothills and then the far uh, distance we see the mountain range and so uh, so we're going to break this up into layers uh, and then we're going to uh, break down kind of the prophet's perspective and and so just maybe this will give a little more insight uh, to how you're reading it and and kind of what's going on with them so in the first layer uh, the prophet is is dealing with present day stuff, right? There's things going on around the prophet, and God sees it, and God's speaking through the prophet, and so uh, they're they're putting stuff out there, and it's dealing with what is going on right then in that day. And Isaiah, it's kind of interesting because uh, he sees some things in in the immediate future, but he speaks about them in past tense. Uh, it's pretty crazy, but he because he's got to see it, and and so he spe- he knows it's coming. God showed him it's coming, and so he he even references some things that haven't happened yet to him in past tense. And so the next level uh, is that immediate. So this is what we're talking about. And so they're talking about, hey, this is, this is right around the corner, the captivity, those kinds of things that was going on in that day and age. And so they're, they're prophesying about what's, what's coming. And hey, God said it. This is certainty. This is what's going to happen. And so then the next level is... The return from captivity. So they walk through that with, with them as well. You know, hey, you, we're going to go into captivity, but it's going to end. It's going to end, and there's hope coming, and it points to 
amazing, right? The, the, the wonderful news, the, the Christmas story. Again, we're going to get into that uh, uh, not too long away. And so that's awesome and very obviously a celebratory thing uh, that the Messiah comes on the scene. So there's a lot of uh, prophetic stuff about the Messiah. And then lastly is the end times and, and what is coming to, to pass. And so that's kind of how the prophets break down and, and, and the way they look at it. So they're getting this vision and this message from God, and then they're putting it out there for the people. And so it's kind of dealing with all these different uh, places and the, the discernment of it sometimes is hard because it's hard to know, you know, if we were looking at the first picture, it's hard to know the distance from, from, the, from the lake to the ridge, right? I mean, in the picture, I mean, you can kind of see it, and there, it's, it's, but it's hard to see that from the prophet's perspective, okay? And so they're just being obedient to God, and they're doing what God kind of laid out there for them. So uh, some things the prophet said, asked, and then for us, obviously, Jesus has already come, uh, but he's coming again. And so it says in 1 Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 10 uh, through 12, it says, Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace that was to be yours searched and inquired carefully, inquiring what person or time the Spirit of Christ in them was indicating when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the subsequent glories. It was revealed to them that they were serving not themselves, but you, in the things that have now been announced to you through those who preach the good news to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven, things into, into which the angels long to look. So again, we're, we're leaning back into like, hey, God knows everything and we do not. <laughs> like even his prophets do not know everything. Even the angels don't know everything, right? But he's, he's un unveiling this vision, these little glimpses, these little snippets of what's coming. And, and it's to, hey, stay faithful, be encouraged, right? Because God has a plan. God has a plan. And even in the midst of the tough things, we know that he's working things out. And this is all going to come to an end, right? I, I, I say that sometimes, like, I know, like, we're dealing with our bodies failing, and we go to the doctor, and, and I get it. I mean, who wouldn't? If I held you underwater for a minute, and you're, you're trying to draw a breath, you're going to fight tooth and nail to get to the surface so you can draw a breath, right? And we kind of we do that with life, and, and, and again... I, that's our humanness, but we know that to die is gain. And when the end comes and it's over, man, God is going to get his glory. And, and to, so to stay faithful, to stay faithful. Isaiah, Isaiah describes this just great detail of what would happen to Christ. Um, and, and in the last days, it says in Hebrews that he has spoken to us by his son. Hebrews 1 Verses 1 and 2, Long ago at many times and in many ways God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. So that's what we're always looking to Jesus, right? And we want to make sure everything that Jesus says and who He is. And that's why the Word of God is so critical and so important that you know it. Because you don't get to make up your own version of this. We talk about that a lot. You don't get to create your own version of Jesus, but people do it all the time. We have to know the scriptures and we have to know the word of God um, so we can follow uh, what we need to. And so again, fortunately, we're on this side of the cross and I'm, I'm so thankful for that. And, and I wrote this in my notes and I said it earlier. 
just it's it's hard to understand the Old Testament unless you understand Jesus, and it's hard to understand Jesus unless you understand the Old Testament. So they really go hand in hand. It's it's very similar to hey Jesus, what's the greatest commandment, right? And he says two things because they're linked together. Uh, have a real hard time loving God with all of you if you're not loving your neighbor because that's who God is, right? So they're they're linked together, and and we really need both. So that's why the Old Testament foundational uh, to Jesus. So uh, we're sitting somewhere between the ridge and the mountains in that picture, right? And so we're, we're after the cross. The end is coming at some point. I don't know when, uh, but it's coming. And uh, so much uh, that was prophesied has, has already happened. And again, there's, there's things we can learn, right? So that's how it applies to us today because a lot of the prophetic stuff has happened. Uh, but there's things that we can learn from that because there's, there's this call uh, called out on sin, right? That's a huge thing. Greed, spiritual laziness. We've dealt with all these as we've been digging through uh, the Word. Uh, becoming like the world around us, that's really at the heart of it, right? As we're selling out to God's kingdom or we're selling out to the world's kingdom. And you know, where's our allegiance? You know, we, and a lot of times we end up straddling the fence a little bit, you know? And, and we're not supposed to become like the world around us. And so they warn us, and we need we should have compassion on the weak and the poor. It talks about that. And, and the prophets proclaim the judgment. Uh, but they also proclaim the hope, right? The hope that is to come. And, and today, that, that's what we're going to focus on. We're going to focus on the hope that is to come. Not because we don't deal with the other stuff, but we deal with the other stuff a lot. Um, and so we're not avoiding that. But I just want to encourage you this morning, uh, because I know it's easy to, to get down and to get distracted and uh, to let the world and the darkness just cloud you. And, and I know Satan never stops. He's running around here like a, a lion trying to pounce on people, and, and he's doing his thing. And so I know um, just it, we can just get down in some of this stuff. So we're just going to read through some passages of Scripture, talk about a few things here and there, but I hope this brings some encouragement to you. We're going to start, we're going to be in Isaiah uh, and, and Micah and Amos. I mean, that's, those, that's what we're going to be. So if you want to flip kind of back and forth between those, uh, that's where we're going to be. Isaiah 2, 1 through 4 is where we're going to start. And it says, The word that Isaiah, the son of Amos, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. He's talking about the mountains, <laughs> the, the, the last level of things right here to come. Uh, there's some people, you know, again, people get caught up in, in some of this stuff and they trying to, to decipher some of these things and, and they'll, they'll make claims about stuff. But, you know, as you read through there, wars are going to come to an end. He's talking about peace, perfect world peace. And when God is ruling over the nations, that's exactly what we're going to have. Micah says the same thing in Micah 4, uh, 1 through 8, and then he adds a little bit. 
uh, on. It says, uh, starting in verse 1 of chapter 4, it says, It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains, and it shall be lifted up above the hills, and the people shall flow to it, and many nations shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He shall judge between many peoples, and shall decide disputes for strong nations far away. And they shall beat their swords into plowshares, and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, neither shall they learn war anymore. But they shall sit, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and no one shall make them afraid. For the mouth of the Lord of hosts has spoken, for all the peoples walk, each in the name of its God. But we walk in the name of the Lord our God forever and ever. Eternity. Man, we're talking about eternity. We're talking about eternal things. In verse 6, In that day declares the Lord, I will assemble the lame and gather those who have been driven away and those whom I have afflicted and the lame, and I will make the remnant and those who were cast off a strong nation and the Lord will reign over them in Mount Zion from this time forth and forevermore. And you, O tower of the flock, hill of the daughter of Zion, to you shall it come. The former dominion shall come, kingship for the daughter of Jerusalem. He's talking about the end times, right? The good old times of, of David and Solomon, they are just a drop in the bucket to what's coming. And this really is going to resonate with the people of Israel. They lived to see David's reign and Solomon's reign and the, the splendor uh, that Israel went through, right? And man, they're, they're, gonna, they're about to face some really difficult times. And he's like, hey, but the end, when God really takes over and reigns, man, David and Solomon ain't got nothing on that. Nothing. And so uh, he's, he's going through this with them. We're going to jump back to Isaiah uh, chapter 4. Starting in verse 2, it says, In that day the branch of the Lord shall be beautiful and glorious, and the fruit of the land shall be the pride and honor of the survivors of Israel. And he who is left in Zion and remains in Jerusalem will be called holy. Everyone who has been recorded for the life in Jerusalem, when the Lord shall have washed away, praise God, the filth of the daughters of Zion and cleansed the bloodstains of Jerusalem from its midst by a spirit of judgment and by a spirit of burning, then... The Lord will create over the whole side of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day and smoke and the shining of a flaming fire by night. For, all, for over all the glory there will be a canopy. There will be a booth for shade by day and from the heat and for a refuge and shelter from the storm and rain. We did a wedding yesterday. Woo! And the sun was just, oh, man. And right as the ceremony was, it just started, and, and I, I really was just sitting there. I was like, God, I know there's clouds around, but I was like, we really could. Like, and praise God, I'm giving him, I mean, I, I don't know if it was my prayer. I, I believe, I try to believe when I pray stuff, but man, I'm not kidding. A cloud came up, and it was like it didn't move for the next hour. And I'm not making that up. Like this little dome-shaped cloud, and it just sat there. And I was like, is that moving? Like, it was just weird. But we were in the shade the rest of the day. It was awesome. I was like, thank you, Lord, because it was hot, right? I mean, we know the heat, man, it gets to us. And mm -mm, Not no more. 
There's going to be a canopy, a shade. There's going to be relief from all of this. Oh, God's going to redeem and provide under the kingship of the Messiah. Flip on over to chapter 9. Uh, and this probably sounds familiar. Matthew uh, quotes some of this uh, in the Christmas story. Um, Matthew, I mean, Isaiah 9, 1 through 7, it says, But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. And in the former time he brought into the contempt the land of Zebulon and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time he has made glorious the way of the sea and the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as the joy at the harvest. And they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of trampling warrior in battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Again, no more war. It's coming to an end. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth, and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Mm. Jesus not only bore on his shoulders the Roman government, right, in the way of the cross, he's going to become the government. <laughs> we're we're going to be under his kingship and his authority, and he is going to reign. And I promise you, he'll do it right. It will be perfect. No more of this junk that's going on around us, you know. Oh. What a day. What a day. Isaiah 11, 1 through 5. Have you ever, had, have you ever tried to kill like kudzu or muscadine vines? That's a good one. I mean, we grow muscadines on purpose, but there's some in the woods, and like I try to clear out some areas. It doesn't matter what I do. Like there's so many roots in the ground and like just, just coming up and and like, I know sometimes that's a little pestilence thing, but, but Jesus falls into this. It, it says in verse 1, There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. And you're not going to stop God's plan, right? And it describes it as this stump or this root, and, and, and Jesus uh, is, is what's shooting up here. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, right? Because Jesus is God, right? We, we've talked about that with the heart. He, he doesn't just have the, like he literally has the heart of God, right? And he has all that, all the stuff that God has, all the wisdom and counsel and might. Um, and it says, his delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what he, his eyes see, right? Because ju God judges the heart or decide disputes by what his ears hear. But the righteousness he shall judge the poor. But with the righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist and faithfulness the belt of his loins. Jesus went out like a lamb. Brothers and sisters, he is coming back like a lion. You better believe it. 
And it's going to be intense, man, when he comes back. <laughs> no longer the lamb that, that, that gets beat and crucified and spit on and cursed at. Jesus is returning as a lion. He's returning as a lion. Get ready, church. Get ready. In Amos, after eight chapters of pretty tough stuff, he, 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 he comes to chapter 9 with, with some, some pretty positive things. Um, in, uh, in chapter 9, verse 11, it says, In that day I will raise up the booth of David that has fallen and repair its branches and raise up its ruins and rebuild it as in the days of old, that they may possess the remnant of Edom and all the nations who are called by my name, declares the Lord who does this. Again, plural, nations, all nations, right? God's longing for all people to come to him. Behold, the days are coming, verse 13, declares the Lord, when the plowman shall overtake the reaper and the treader of the grapes, him who sows the seed, the mountains shall drip sweet wine and all the hills shall flow with it. And again, he's not just talking about Israel. Uh, he's talking about all those who call upon the name of the Lord. And there's going to be long, long growing seasons and good times, man. It is going to be good. So, so good. We're going to jump back to Isaiah chapter 11. I love, I love this passage because um, you just, just think about the tension that's out there in the world. And, and this isn't about the animal kingdom right here, just as we read. It's what the animal kingdom is, is going to teach us. Uh, starting in verse 6 of chapter 11, says, The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together. And a little child shall lead them. I was just like picturing Elias with like, you know, a lion. Hey, here's my pet. You know, like, I have a pet lion. Because that's how it's going to be. No more war. No more just animosity amongst things. The cow and the bear shall graze. Their young shall lie down together. And the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the cobra. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's, uh, adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain. For the earth shall be the full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. In that day, the root of Jesse, who shall stand as a signal for the peoples, of him shall the nations inquire, and his resting place shall be glorious. In that day, the Lord will extend his hand yet a second time to recover the remnant that remains of his people. From Assyria, from Egypt, from Pathros, from Cush, from Elam, from Shinar, from Hamath, and from the coastlands of the sea, he will raise a signal for the nations and will assemble the vanished of Israel and gather the dispersed of Judah from the four corners of the earth. The beginning of that passage, I know it's easy to get caught up in like, oh, he's saying like everybody's going to be a vegetarian. And, I, and maybe, I don't know. But really, it's, it's that there's not going to be mortal enemies anymore. There's not going to be this tension between creation. The evil is going to be gone. The, the whole idea of an enemy is going to be gone. And that's going to be really cool because I'd love to have a pet lion. That'd be awesome. And run over a yellow ass with my lawnmower and not get stunned. Be great. <laughs> no more war. Jesus is coming back a second time. And God, God is going to bring his people 
uh, back to Israel. It's kind of interesting. You know, it's one of those things I know, like we see things happening in current day and out there in the world. And, and I just want to preface this before I say this. Look, I, I know there's prophecies and there's, there are things that are going to happen. And maybe they are happening, right? Uh, there's, there's things we can point to. But I love you enough to say this. If you get so caught up in that, that it takes away from the mission that God actually wants you to be doing right now, because we're the present day temple, we have a job to do, right? And it's not just get caught up in all the prophecies and run around yelling, it's the end times. It is the end times. We are living between the ridge and the mountain. It's the end times. The next thing is Jesus is coming back, right? And we have some, some prelude to that and we get some insight to that. But don't get so wrapped up in that, that, that you forget that the real thing is that God wants his people to return, his children to repent. That's what he wants. And he has a mission for you and I, and we need to be on it. We need to be on it, okay? Knowledge about the Bible is awesome, and I'm not saying it's not, and, but I'm just saying I know there's, we get, sometimes get so wrapped up in prophetic stuff and trying to... Here, I'll break down all the prophecy. Jesus is coming back. <laughs> get ready. Do your job. Finish the race that God gave you, okay? He's returning. Things are going to get real ugly in the world. They just are. Things are going to get more difficult. But he's coming back for his people. And there's encouragement in that. But right now in Israel, one of the, one of the things is God bringing his people back to Israel. There are more Jews living in the nation of Israel since the Great Dispersion for the first time in history in, than in other nations. So that's one of the things that people kind of look to like, oh, man, and it, that's happening right now. Uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe it is right? But hey, there's people out there that are lost, so I need to get on it. I hope, I hope that just brings a sense of urgency to you. There's talks about uh, mass numbers of Jews turning to Jesus, right? Uh, so, and, and then the rapture, and I, and I know we can get caught up in that word, but there is in 1 Corinthians 15 and 1 Thessalonians 4, we're going to get called up with Jesus somehow, some way. It's going to go down, all right? So these things are going to take place, how exactly? I don't know. Again, I, I, like I'm thankful for the vision of that and, and the idea, but God clearly has given me something to do and you something to do while we are here because we ain't home yet. We're not home yet. <sighs> this is the mountains that the prophets are looking at in the distance. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read to you, uh, a friend of mine wrote this kind of condensed uh, thing of, of kind of what we've been reading at, at, in this this time in our text and what we've been preaching on today. So I'm just going to read to you, and this is kind of how we're going to wrap wrap it up here. It says, "A time is coming of a perfect a perfect world peace. War will be forgotten. Jerusalem will be the capital of the world. God will rule the world as absolute king over all the nations of which they will desire His ways. Everyone will have prosperity." Even those who were formerly poor and sick, there will be no fear of crime and no one will be repressed. He will make those who are considered lame and restricted to be strong. In fact, they will rule. The good days of old of David and Solomon are just a weak foreshadowing of the Messiah's reign. Those who are facing tribulation will take part in a glorious time of beauty and celebration and honor and holiness. And all sin of those who love God will be washed away. The glory of the Lord will be a canopy over Jerusalem with fire and cloud, and it will never be too hot or too cold. No fear of storms, no gloom, no anguish anymore. 
Galilee will be made glorious because that is where the Lord Jesus grew up and launched his ministry. There will be no darkness, only light. Blessings will be multiplied. Joy will increase, rejoicing like harvest time and dividing with spoil after great victory. No more wounds, no more oppression. The war will be over. Now, the Messiah runs the government. Yes, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace in person. Oh, cannot wait. There will be no end to his peace. His role is established and upheld with justice and right forever and ever. God will make this happen. It's supernatural. The promised son of David, he will have God's spirit and wisdom, understanding, might, counsel, and knowledge because he is God. And he will delight in the fear of the Lord. And after conquering all enemies, oppressors and rebels will be swift with swift and deadly force. Jesus, the Messiah, will judge with righteousness and equity. This new reign of David will be perfect. It will possess all the nations who will call on the name of the Lord. There will be great weather and long growing seasons. Food and drink will be plenty and it will be a great economy. It will, it will be good times like never before. And did I mention peace? More miraculously than friendship between the wolf and the lamb, the leopard and the goat, the calf and the lion, the cow and the bear, a baby and a cobra. Enemies will love each other. Formerly violent people will be kind and gentle. Everyone will submit to God's leadership and the knowledge of the Lord will be everywhere. Mm. Oh, that's so exciting. No more false narratives or mean tweets or racial divides or or rioting, or cancel culture, or high gas prices. None of it. Mm. And I think ultimately it's really something we all long deep inside. And this is the way it's going to be for those who love him, for those who trust him, for those who have accepted Jesus. They believe him. That's how it's going to be. So what? <laughs> That's great. So just things to remember. One, even in the darkest of times, remember that God is in control. We talked about that theme. It's in the Old Testament over and over again. God's got a plan. It's working itself out. Hang in there. Trust Him. Um, Number two, that that allows you to focus on what God actually wants for you, right? And and that's what I talk about. Like, hey, God's got stuff for us. Micah, uh, Micah 6, 8, It says, he has told you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. You know, I I think a lot about, uh, you know, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and we're supposed to share the gospel. I I was at Ephesus and that was my question on Wednesday night was like, how many people, we've asked that in here, how many people have you actually shared the gospel with? Faith comes by hearing. Faith comes by hearing. What are we saying? You know? How many people have we actually shared the gospel with? But faith without works is what? It's dead. Right? So we hear and then we do. That's how it works. Right? And, and that, so faith, that's the gospel. I need to share, and I believe discipleship is the do. <laughs> that I need to be out here investing in my brothers and sisters and helping them grow in their maturity. And, and as I share the gospel, someone's looking, guys. Someone is desiring the Lord, and they're, and they're searching, and I hope you're ready in season and out of season to give them an answer. And then, hey, let me show you what this looks like. 
to follow after Jesus, to accept Jesus. And I hope ultimately it drives you to prayer. Prayer for God's kingdom to come. Jesus, you know, he teaches that. We see that vision in Revelation of the, of the prayers being poured out like an incense, uh, incense and, and, and for, from God's people. And Jesus says that, you know, when he's teaching to pray. Hey, pray that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I hope it just ignites your prayer life. You know, that, that's, man, we, our prayer life has to be on point, man. We, we have to get to a place where we are so dependent uh, on that time with God. And because we fight our, we fight our battles uh, against the forces of evil, and, and we do it in our prayer life, brothers and sisters. We do that in our prayer life. Um, and Jesus teaches to pray that way. So even in dark times, God is in control. It allows me to focus on what God wants for me. And, it, and I hope it drives us to pray uh, for God's kingdom uh, to come. And I know, you know, the Bible talks about all nations having to hear the word of God. That's, that's the hearing part. We got to do our job. I want Jesus to come back too. But there's people that are lost and they need to be saved because they deserve it just as much as I do. Just as much as you do. And church, we got to do our job. We got to do our part. You got to engage and you got to get in the game. You got to. There is a better day coming. Hallelujah, man. That's going to be awesome. But we're not home yet. We're not home yet. Let's, uh, we're going to close, um, and we're going to pray, and then, then we'll uh, have an have a invitation song. And, uh, I mean, we're going to just close with some big prayers. Let's pray. God, uh, thank you again for your word. God, thank you for these prophets and this vision of things to come, God, and how incredible uh, it is going to be when we get to be with you in person. I think that's my favorite part. All this stuff is happening, but we get to finally see you face to face. And, and your knowledge is going to be everywhere and for everyone that's a part of that. God, and no more enemies and no more sin junk and just, oh, what a glorious day. God, I don't know about everybody else, but I get tired, worn out sometimes of fighting. And I always try to remember everything Jesus went through. Um, for me, God, and that you provide strength and you provide direction, that we aren't fighting this, this battle out of our own strength. Praise God for that. God, you'll fight for us if we'll just depend on you, if we'll repent, if we'll surrender, if we'll do these things that you've, you've called us to, you'll, you'll lead us. God, if we'll seek your kingdom first, you'll add all these things to us. Help us to do just that, God. We are praying for revival, and I know that starts in us, God, and there's no ever any revival without repentance. Lord, so maybe there's some things we need to deal with, God. And I just pray that you, you bring that to light, God, and you give us the courage and the boldness to deal with them, God, and, and that you make for yourself a people of holiness and righteousness, God. Thank you for sending Jesus, that he did all this in perfection that he was the lamb that sacrificed for each and every one of us. And we are looking forward to the return of the lion when all things will be made right. God, thank you for this encouragement. Thank you for this hope. Help us to do our part, God. I'm praying that. Help us to do our part. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand and sing.